You only have so much time. And you have a big assignment. I want the entire world to hear the gospel in my generation. I want every person on this planet to be saved. We open God's Word today together to be subject to it, to be taught by it, to be instructed. Let's go. What you're saying right now is, how did we get here? Well, because people do not believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. Is ultimately, that's where it is. Yep. Being Reformed is more than just affirming the five solas. It's more than just affirming Tula. No one is outside the reach of Christ and His blood. If we are truly Reformed, there should be a sanctification, a desire to be sanctified by Christ, by holding onto as tight as we can the one who makes us white as snow. You can no more born yourself again than you born yourself the first time. Just so that you guys don't think we're just pulling stuff out of our cans here. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Matter of Theology. We're taking a break from our Romans 1 series. We're going to finish that up. Uh, that's going to be posted next week. But this week, uh, we were kind of forced to take a break just because our schedules didn't really line up well to record that episode, but we're going to talk about the infamous cage stage. You know it, that oh, stage yeah. that every reform person goes in when they come to the understanding of reform theology. I, I remember mine. My, mine wasn't, mine wasn't, uh, mine wasn't very big. Uh, my, mine, mine wasn't epic. And, and, and honestly, uh, I, I think the reason that mine wasn't as epic as it could have been uh, is because uh, I have a wife who is very wise and uh, would would call me on my uh, when I would start. Uh, I mean, and and when I would start acting cage stagey, uh, yeah, she wouldn't call it that. She would just she would just be like. What what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> uh that that's that, that that's not okay. Don't 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 do that. Yeah. See, I didn't have anyone that could that would tell me that that's what that was. That that's the cage stage. Mm. I was really just acting like a jerk to people <laughs> and and basically they just didn't want to be around me or talk to me or anything. Um so it wasn't until I came out of the cage stage I realized I was in the cage stage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, uh, I, I, I had my moments. Uh, and, uh, it, what's interesting is, is recently I've, uh, I've, I've, I've remembered some of the things that I said, uh, to, to people. Cause there were, there were some things in person, uh, that, that I would say, uh, to, uh, to people, uh, that wasn't okay. Um, and, and, uh, and, and I think back now and, and, and I, I, part of me wants to go back and be like, Hey, I'm sorry that, <laughs> that I, mm. that I said that because that, that's not biblical. Um, uh, I mean, it, it's, it, there, there's truth and warrant for it in scripture, but, but the way that I did it was in no way, shape or form, uh, reflecting of yeah. the attitude of Christ at all. <laughs> Yeah, luckily for me, the person that it was mostly geared towards, uh, we had this, you know, uh, coming together and then falling apart and then coming together and falling apart uh, totally because of my cage stage. But we were able to, uh, once I came out of that, I was able to actually mend it once and for all mm. um, and, and have fellowship. So that was, that was really good. Was really good, <clears throat> but if you're listening uh, and you don't know what we're talking about, the cage stage is where you need to be put in a cage so that you don't do harm to yourself or mm. others. Okay, so when you come into the understanding of Reformed theology, you're filled with excitement, you're filled with a lot of zeal, and basically you realize what you have been learned 
what you, what you've learned previously is not true. And now you're so eager to take that and you want everyone else to learn it as well. And you want them to come to the same understanding, but they don't. So now everything becomes a fight. Everything becomes a debate. Everything becomes about predestination and election as if that's the only (laughs) thing that Calvin ever talked about. Yeah. And it's done in a way that's very ungracious. Yeah. Do do you remember what was there for you? Was there a specific book of scripture that uh, that perpetuated the cage stage for you? Mm, that just kind of made it yeah. take off. Just, uh, uh, well, it wasn't a particular book of scripture. It was scriptures, selected scriptures, right. with uh, in order to prove predestination and mm. election. It was the because everyone was having they fall back on the tradition of free will and we have free will and and we have to choose God and and so on and so forth. But it was the finding of the scriptures that say, no, it's not your will. It can't be your will. Your free will is actually what sends you to hell. And therefore, God must impose on your free will and change your heart. So it was basically I would load up my cannon with these scriptures and I would just <laughs> fire these cannons off. Mine. Uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah. And and mine was I, I had a, a very good friend of mine um, who, uh, man, unfortunately, is now with the Lord um, uh, in, in, in heaven is, uh, you know, he was he was kind of the guy that that got me started. Uh, on that and apologetics and uh, but but specifically as far as scriptures go Romans 8 uh, Romans 8 was a big one and the the one that really kicked it off was the book of Jude uh, the book of Jude and, and contending once for all for the faith delivered to the saints and and yeah, right that 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 that's where you go all right let's yeah fight. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's just, it's just contend right let's right fight. right yeah. yeah yeah no everyone would always say are you a Calvinist because of Romans eight? And I would go, no. Cause actually, if you look at Romans nine, right. uh, it's, it's a little more clear, a little more clear there. Yeah, very clear there. Salvation depends not on the, the man who wills or runs, but on the Lord. Uh, That's you can't right. get much yeah. clearer than that. Uh, so. I know. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, just in prepping for, for this talk, uh, I went into my library and I had picked this up years ago because I heard Dr. White mention it uh, on on the dividing line. And he said, you need to get this. Everyone should have this. And I thought I should probably get that. And it's only about $2 on Amazon. I highly recommend it. It's called The Practical Implications of Calvinism mm-hmm. by Albert Martin. It is fantastic. It will actually uh, put you on your face before God. Uh, it's very humbling. Uh, to read what he has to say, and especially when he talks about what makes a Calvinist. He goes through Isaiah 6, and just the fact that you have the recognition of your own sin, that Isaiah has a recognition of his own sin, that he is unclean before the holy God, and he is humbled in that moment. Um, It's very good. I highly recommend everyone get it because it will also uh, teach you how to respond with others in grace by dealing with yourself mm. and uh, bringing, bringing to light the fact that God saves sinners, mm. not your lofty arguments and selected scriptures that you fire off at people in an angry <laughs> way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting to me how, how the, the vehicle of social media has perpetuated uh, said cage stage for for a lot of people. It it, it it's uh, it turns everyone into an instant reporter. Uh, makes everyone feel like that they, uh, which which hey everybody's uh, everybody does have uh, and 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 Nick and I have talked about this a lot on the podcast. But everybody has their views and opinions and uh, feelings, quote unquote. And, uh, yeah. and and so all social media has done is perpetuate. Uh, perpetuate, uh, in my opinion, uh, the depravity in us and the arrogance in us, uh, especially when Mm -hmm. it comes to, um, matters of the, the cage stage. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And one of the, you know, one of the things that I remember hearing at G3 um, this year is Vody Bakum talking about this in one of his sermons. Um, and he flat out said, I don't understand. I don't understand uh, the cage stage. I don't understand uh, the the pride and um, uh, the lack of humility that comes, uh, especially when we're talking about the doctrines of grace. Um, and, and, and specifically, you know, you mentioned Romans nine, um, but man, you know, I mean, we're, if apart from the Lord, we are all, as Romans nine tells us, uh, marked out as, uh, as, as vessels, um, uh, for common use, uh, or marked out as vessels, uh, for destruction, were it not for the mercy and the compassion um, of the Lord. I mean, it, it, verse 18 in Romans, 8, in Romans 9 says that, so then he has mercy on whom he desires, and then on the opposite end, he hardens whom he desires. Um, and and it's, it's unbelievable uh, that we, that any of us uh, should, should stand and say, uh, and, or, or argue, uh, in such a way that, that, that communicates anything other than absolute humility, um, humility and love, you know, vessels for honorable use or vessels for common use, uh, were it, w- w- should the Lord not save us and mark us out as vessels for honorable use, we would be those vessels used for scubalong. Uh, so it's, it's one of those things that, uh, that we have to remember that, uh, and, and hold on to that. So I'll, I'll, I'll pause there and let you keep going, brother. No, I mean, I think you bring up a great point about social media. The fact that it is at our fingertips, literally, uh, not just with our computers, but with our phones, we can be on it in a split second. And, and we're so quick to share something or we're so quick to jump on someone's false theology uh, and, and just kind of rip it to shreds. And that's part of the problem with the cage stage is you, you have not yet come to a place of grace. And so what you're doing is you're filling your mind with as much knowledge as you can so that whenever you see doctrine that doesn't line up with with where you're at at this point, you take out your theological sword slash people in order to just get your get blood on your right. sword, not to actually live out uh, what how Christ has called you to live. So, so the first thing I would say is that God's transform, and this is for everyone who is currently in the cage stage. If you're experiencing that, uh, God has not uh, brought you to an understanding of Himself and of His Scriptures in order for you to just fill your mind with knowledge mm. and let it be a a a swamp that sits in festers, right? You are to fill your mind with knowledge in order to get closer to Him first, but then let that flow through others graciously. Right. Uh, absolutely. God. God didn't save you to make you smarter. Uh, God, God didn't save you uh, uh, so that you could be puffed up and arrogant and look down your nose at people. Um, that th- there's a time and a place to uh, sure. to to call out false teaching uh, and to implore uh, those false teachers to repent. Um, but my, my goodness, it needs to be wrapped uh, in humility. You mm-hmm. and this is something I've I've often thought. Um, Whenever I I, I I see uh or am tempted uh to to launch into uh a a, a debate, uh if you will, uh over over someone's erroneous or immature thoughts um when it comes to theology is does it glorify the Lord? Uh does it show the wisdom that he's given? Because the last time I checked, Chris didn't write scripture. Um that's right. Uh, you know, so um, we need to to take an example out of how Paul responded uh, when that happened, how Jesus responded, uh, and and I mean, my goodness, uh, Philippians two, First Peter two, uh, you know, Christ was was very quick to to defend his father's house, uh, and mm-hmm. and very quick and very gracious to respond with, "It is written." 
Uh, mm-hmm. But my goodness, he did not tear uh, the, the the other person down. Uh, and and I mean, okay, example, right? We've been going through Romans one on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And when you right. look at uh, Romans 1, when Paul says, uh, I don't want you to be unaware, brethren, that I have tried to come to you, uh, but have been unable to. And so one of the things that Paul was trying to head off at the pass was incorrect perception of Paul's motives. Um, and right. so he was he was trying to be as gracious and trying to uh, be as aware of their feelings as he could. Um and and just wanted to go ahead and tackle the 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 whether it was said or not. Like Paul doesn't really love us. Paul doesn't really want to come to us when that 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 wasn't the case. And so we need to remember that. Um, so and yeah. go ahead. Yeah, there is there there, there is a, a time and a place um, for debate, and uh, you, I believe we should always stand firm mm-hmm. on the on the truths of Scripture. We should never waver from oh, absolutely. that. Absolutely. And and in, in standing firm, you you are going to get uh, a little confrontational. But what's the motive behind it? You know, are you analyzing the situation correctly, and are you just responding firmly, holding to scripture, or is it your goal to respond to just shut the other person down? Right. I mean, so so uh, that that reminds me of a couple things that we you know uh, the shepherds conference. When Joel Beakey was talking about being faithful in criticism, consider mm-hmm. the source, consider the absolute motive. Right. Uh, don't, uh, but then, but then yeah. you've got to look inward as well. And, and, you know, my mind is drawn to something that, uh, uh, that, that we read on the episode where we downloaded from the shepherd's conference that ended up on the cutting room floor, rightfully so. <laughs> um, but, but maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe this time it'll, it'll, uh, it'll be good. Um, Second uh, Timothy, two, uh, fourteen and fifteen. So the whole goal of the knowledge that we have been given, the fact that the Holy Spirit has opened our eyes to the truths found in Scripture, um, ch- check out what Paul says. When 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 we are tempted to uh, answer the fool in his folly. Uh, or whenever we are charged with or hear erroneous teaching, um, we need to keep these verses in mind. Second uh, Timothy 2, uh, 14 and 15. Remind them, and I'm reading out of the non-Arminian Standard Bible. That's right, and I'm following along in my brand new non-Arminian hey. Standard Bible. Thank you, R.L. Allen. Um, anyway, Second uh, Timothy 2, 14 and 15. Remind them of these things. And solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words, which is useless and leads to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Verse 16, but avoid worldly and empty chatter. For it will lead to further ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, men who have gone astray from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already taken place, uh, and and they upset the faith of some. So, Paul's warning here to Timothy is to warn uh, those in his charge not to wrangle about words which are useless and could ruin the hearers. You know, we need to remember, we're talking about the vehicle of social media. We need to remember that not all of our friends, friends, I use that in quotations, uh, some of them may be, some of them just may be acquaintances, but we need to remember that either way, that's neither here nor there, that some of them are not believers. Mm-hmm. Some of them are immature believers. And right. so if we're constantly... And you said it, we need to stand firm. We don't need to change our message. But if somebody says something on social media from a theological standpoint that you disagree with, you know, reach out to them and invite them to lunch, invite them to coffee, sit down with them. Uh, If you can't do that because they're in Alaska and you want to start a dialogue, um, 
man, be very, very careful how it's worded. Go above and beyond to to communicate tone as it's so hard to do over text uh, or the internet. Mm-hmm. And yeah. be diligent. Don't be, you know, in First Timothy, Paul, uh, Paul talks about um, not being someone who uh, doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, and, right. I, and we talked about that when we first started the podcast is that was one of our promises to our listeners is we would always try to, uh, when we approach a, a subject and a topic, to be as uh, studied and prepared and prayed up as possible. Um, and, and so that so that, that, that our hearts would be in check uh, and that so that we would be an approved workman accurately handling the word of truth. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's just a little, just some practical things to keep in mind. Um, when, mm-hmm. when letting the, the cage stage come out when, whenever we're, somebody gets on, yeah. on social media and said that Jesus did everything he could, not as God, but as a man under the power of the Holy spirit alone. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's, that's an Aryan heresy, but that doesn't mean, mean that you need to, you know, you know, so. Right. Yeah. And I think one thing we also need to be aware of <clears throat> is that not everyone is a heretic. Yeah. Amen. Right. Because a lot of times in the cage stage, we approach everyone as if they are a right. heretic. And what we need to understand is that they could be honest, true believers, yeah. right? They, they they have repented they have come to faith in Christ they they live their life in diligent search uh in seeking after Christ so, uh, a heart full of submission but they just they don't understand reformed theology they don't fully understand the sovereignty of God or they could be true believers sitting under a false teacher that that's kind of polluting their mind and they just they don't have any other outlet that can um, that can give them knowledge. And so when you approach them, it needs to be graciously, not as if they are a heretic, but address heresies that maybe they have fallen mm-hmm. into in their thinking. Yeah, there's a big difference between those who have been led astray and those who are are peddling uh, as scripture does. That's, that's god's word saying that that that's are peddling god's word and and are are leading children astray um as i know nick nick very passionately talked about that in one of our episodes on romans one um yeah that, there's a big difference you're absolutely right man i mean i think we also need to uh understand that we too were in that place once and it was only by the grace of God that we came out of that place into a proper understanding. And it is others around us who graciously uh, helped us form our, our theology, Amen. right? People that we could lean upon. But it was by grace we were pulled out of that. And because it was of grace, we must be quick to always extend grace first before trying to Absolutely. blow holes in someone's argument. Right. Well, and we need to remember uh, there's there's a soul on the other side of that keyboard. That's right. There's a soul on the other side of that phone. Uh, And and I think it's easier to when when you're talking to someone and you hear their voice and you can look into their eyes. I mean, obviously, we we know that. Um, But, uh, you know, I I have my opinions on especially when it comes to social media uh, debates uh, when it comes to debating matters of theology. Hey, uh, or, uh, you know, I mean, really anything for that matter, whether it's politics or or anything else. We need to keep that in mind is that that our responsibility as believers. Now, look, if you profess and possess faith in Christ and have been walking with the Lord and he has grown you, matured you, sanctified you. Um, these things that we're talking about, when you engage with other people, um, your goal is should, should want to be to show Jesus to them yeah, in word and in deed. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're looking at somebody who, uh, doesn't quote unquote know as much as you or is, is younger in their faith or, 
uh, whatever the case may be, you need to remember where you were once. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who doesn't g- agree with you from a political standpoint. Uh, or, I, I mean, I've, I've seen debates on social media right now over Avengers Endgame. <laughs> and people straight up losing their minds because they're trying to explain different plot twists and and all this stuff. And, and for those who haven't seen that, I won't give anything away. Uh, but... Um, you know, and, 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 and I've seen I've seen believers doing this into where they're getting into screaming matches uh, over over stuff like that. We just have to yeah. have to remember to show grace. We have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so but let's talk a little bit more about how we stand firm. OK. And why we stand firm. Mm-hmm. So um, we don't we don't change our message. We all need the gospel. We've said that multiple times on this podcast. An initial look at the gospel is what the Holy Spirit uses to save us, but a continued exposure to the gospel is what conforms us into the image of Christ. Um, so, so what what do you got, man? I'll <laughs> no, throw it I to mean, you. Well, in in standing firm, we stand firm because. Uh, <clears throat> the the word of god is our foundation it's how we know what we know it's god's revealing of himself there is no more revelation the canon is closed amen so we stand on the word of god as though there is only one interpretation because there is only one interpretation you have to have a proper hermeneutic when you read scripture okay a lot of people don't have a proper hermeneutic. What they do is they take the Bible and they believe the Bible is more of a reference book, right? They, I, I know a guy, well, I don't know a guy. My father-in-law knows a guy. I only met him once, but he's one of these guys. He can just rattle off verses, right? He's just got to memorize. He can just rattle them off. And I told my father-in-law, I said, well, that's great if you can rattle off verses, but if there's no context behind it, it doesn't mean anything. You're just doing that to impress people. Jesus uh, wept. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, what did he weep over? Why was he weeping? That's right. But we have to remember that from start to finish, there is a continual theme, and that is the sovereignty of God. Now, coming into Reformed theology, you under you begin to see that and you understand it. So now when you go into the Old Testament, you start to see how it connects to Christ, how it connects to the gospel, and then how we are to apply that to our lives. So we are to stand firm on what God has written, but we are not to use it as our sledgehammer and talking to other people. Mm. What we, what we should do is we should, and it's really what I've started doing with a lot of people who, who disagree with me. I I tell them first, I say, I don't want to hear your opinion I say, let's come with an open Bible That's right. and let's, let's go through it and let's just see what the word of God says. Mm. And so now once we do that, it's, it's in a gracious way. And I'm saying, I'm not relying on myself. I'm not relying on my own knowledge. I'm saying, let's just go through the word of God and see what God has to say about this subject. Yeah. And then that, that does kind of change the dynamic. And one thing that you'll notice, even especially uh, dealing with those who are younger in their faith or who are, uh, they don't like Calvinism because they have a, a misconception of Calvinism. They've mm. really just been taught Calvinism wrong. Right. What, what you'll notice is that you will both dive into the scriptures more and you will actually grow in relationship, you will grow in fellowship and it will make your friendship stronger. Yes. Yes. Uh, I've got several friends like this that we immediately go to the text and we walk away just as strong in our faith as, as we were before we went, but as strong, uh, in friendship. Uh, and it's really, it's really amazing. I challenge you to try it instead of, instead of bashing people, blowing holes into their argument, say, Hey man, let's go to the text and let's just work through it and, and and see what it has to say. Yeah. So so that's a way we stand firm on uh scripture as our foundation and we never waver from the message because what God says is what God says. That's right. That's right. Well, 
you know, and, and one of the, I, I love uh, Tim Challies, uh has, has this article that I read back in March, and I just pulled it up a second ago. Uh, but he's got this article uh, entitled uh, Seven Signs That You're a Cage Stage Calvinist. <laughs> nice. And, um, and, and what's, what's interesting about this uh, is, is he goes through and, and, and he says uh, the first one is, is obsessive Calvinism disorder. Um, to where all you think about is Calvinism. That's all you read about. That's all you want to talk about. It's like OCD. Um, What's really funny is people who who take that position have really never read any Calvin to begin with. Oh, I know. Well, y'all, John Calvin did not want his own name on his tombstone. That's right. Um, I I I have said this for a while. I I don't think if John. Okay, so scripture, and this is, you know, we won't get into this topic right now, but scripture talks about there being a great cloud of witnesses in Hebrews. There are a lot of people who believe that people in heaven can see what's going on down here. Okay, we're not going to get into that right now. I'm, I'm saying that to say this. If that's true, <laughs> I think John Calvin, every person that goes through the cage stage of Calvinism I kind of think he just, I don't know what he does. Freaks out. Uh, just why? Uh, I, <laughs> he probably goes, you missed it, dummy. That's yeah, not it. <laughs> just, just come on. Um, so, but what's interesting is uh, one of the uh, point, well, point two. So uh, point one is obsessive Calvinism disorder. Point two is kindness isn't a concern. We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, point three, this is where I was. Okay. Cage stagers are the self-appointed theology police. Mm. <laughs> that was totally me. Yep, I've been there too. And and it, it's almost like Tim Challies was writing directly to me because he said, if you feel the need to correct every post on social media, check. Uh, but then this is the big one. Critique every worship song that isn't deep enough or you feel or if you feel like you need to talk to your pastor about the lack of Calvin quotes. <laughs> head to the cage quote unquote that's a that's a quote from that article but uh i, I did cute i did go through that stage um and and and, and I, I just want to clarify something as uh as a musician as a worship leader um and uh, it's important to be aware of the theology of the songs that you sing mm-hmm. and of the people the, the people that are writing the songs, their theology is also important. Mm-hmm. I right. will. I, we, we've talked about that yeah. in our episode, a couple different episodes on the Reckless Love, Reckless Worship, and then uh, the one that, that, that Drew and I did, um, go walking through Revelation 4 and a bunch mm-hmm. of other things. Um, but So it's important. That stuff is important. But if that takes over to where you end up being hypercritical um, in your spirit, uh, th- that, that's where a heart check is needed. Yeah. Um, and, and so that, that, that yep. used to be me. And, and yep. I mean, there, there may be some people that say now that I'm still there, but I, I, mm-hmm. right. I hope the people closest to me, um, like you and, and Nick and my family could say, no, 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 that's, yeah. that's not the case. But, yeah. uh, and I'll say this to your point, you mentioned come with an open Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, since we started the podcast, I mean, look at how our relationship has grown. Yeah, uh, the three of us together. Uh, this isn't just something we get together and do, and then this is the only time we see each other. I mean, we we're we're, we're talking a good bit. We're seeing each other multiple times a week, and yep. um, you know, but it does it does forge some some strong relationships. And yep. I know that you know. And as we've talked about, we we each have disagreements, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick has joked around about being post mill, even though he's all mill. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm pre-mill and I go back and forth between a little bit of, uh, historic pre-mill and dispensational leaky dispensational pre-mill, uh, and drew your all mill as well, right? Uh, it, it depends on who's, who's teaching it at the moment. You know, if it's, yeah. <laughs> if it's like, if it's Doug Wilson or something, I'm like, you know what? I'm definitely a post mill, but if it's, yeah. you know. <laughs> It, 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 listening to to Joe or Nick talk about all mill, I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, because I mean, there are a lot of similarities between yeah. the two. So, yeah, I'm the odd man out. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but you know, and, and that's not something that we've we've done yet, where we've 
where we've come with an open Bible and 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 had that conversation. Um, I think we should. I think it would be fun. Um, yeah. You know, but but it's okay to have disagreements. It's okay to because that that's where the sharpening can happen mm-hmm. if it's done in a way where it's done in grace it's done in love um man that can be that could be a great time um to, to build up with somebody so yeah yeah absolutely um going back to the to to the Challies point about the need to feeling the need to always correct theology right being the theology police because I, I was definitely there, and th- and there's moments where I kind of see something, and I go, eh, that's not right. Uh, and it's more now; it's an awareness of who it's directed to. Like if it's something, uh, a ministry of kids, right? They they want to to get the message out, but they don't have a firm grasp on theology because they're not properly taught. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying and they're they're, They see something that they think they like. And so they spread it around. Right. Well, that kind of needs to go. eh, Half of that's true, but here's where the other half just kind of misses is not true. And here's scripture to, to, to look into. Um, So I think there's parts where it needs to be like taken into consideration who it is. Right. But there have also been moments where just dealing with even friends, they've posted something. And I mean, I have typed out an entire book on stuff. And by the time I get done, I delete it because, you know, it's just not (laughs) worth posting. It's not worth it. I um, within the last I'm going through my notes on my phone right now and I'm looking. Okay. December 17th, 2018 was the last time I edited this note. Okay. Um, and, and I'm going to put it so you can see how long it is. Oh yeah. That's long. Okay. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Okay. This is, this is a typed out response. Yeah. And, and I'll just, I'll just go ahead and, and, and tell everybody what it, what it's about. This is a typed out response that is directed to uh, those who have been and continue to remain uh, a part of Andy Stanley's ministry mm. and Andy himself. Mm. Um, for 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 those who may not know, uh, Andy Stanley does believe. Uh, that the Old Testament has no bearing on a believer's life. Uh, he believes that Peter and Paul and the apostles unhitched their faith from the Old Testament. Which is uh, weird since they quoted from it all the time. Yeah, I've, I've often told my wife that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a, a good, nice, solid copy of a New American Standard Bible because the New American Standard capitalizes... Um, the old testament quotes and 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 there are a bunch of reasons why i want to send this to him but uh and 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 send it to 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 andy and i have sent emails and to to no response i've 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 uh, reached out on social media to no avail um and and but but andy believes that that we don't the ten commandments have no bearing on our lives that that we don't need the old testament that jesus came to abolish uh the old testament when that that directly contradicts christ anyway that's not the point. I, I apologize for ranting a little bit. Uh, but I have family and friends that are involved. Uh, and so I wrote this very long. I had uh, Nick's wife edit it because she is an excellent editor uh, for grammar <laughs> and grammatical uh, uh, errors. And... Uh, and I said, well, what do you, you know, one of the things when she sent it back, I said, well, what do you think uh, of it overall? Do you think it would be helpful? Do you think it would be, and I let my wife read it as well and, and asked her the same question. And, and, and both of them, and by the way, my wife and Nick's wife are sisters. Um, so both of them said the same thing. This is going to, this is going to ruffle some feathers. Um, and, and I wrote it in a very, I thought was gracious where I'm imp- I'm imploring him uh, at at a couple different points to repent uh of the erroneous teaching uh and and to just kind of ask dude what happened mm-hmm. um and and encourage believers to be Bereans as I have multiple times um you know to, to I, there's one line in here to the believers who attend North Point Community Church and its campuses I want to challenge you and encourage you with this and you know but the whole point 
of me ranting about this now for a few minutes is I di- I never posted it. It never went anywhere. Mm-hmm. Because uh, would there be some people... And, and this is what it comes down to for, 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 for me and I think a lot of people who are stuck in the cage stage. Is it going to edify someone uh, and, and encourage them and admonish them to, to get in the scriptures, to talk to their pastor, elders, leaders in their church uh, for growth and sanctification? Or is it just going to make me sound smart, uh, be right, and win? Um, what, what, what's the goal? And, and, and at the time I was so mad and it was a righteous indignation. I really do believe it was, mm-hmm. but man, you know, it just, it just wasn't, it just wasn't gonna, gonna accomplish. Uh, I just, I really prayed about it and sought some counsel and, and chose not to chose not to put anything now. I mean, I will say this, I, I did post something, uh, 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 about I don't even remember what it was. It was a passage of scripture, and I've quoted. I I put the the passage of scripture on social media, and then put you know we need to be careful uh, and hold fast to the truth because there are leaders in our area that are telling people that they don't need certain portions of scripture mm-hmm. uh, to walk in their faith. And that's all I said. I didn't say unhitch. I didn't say his name. <laughs> I didn't call him names. And you would have thought that I did. Mm-hmm. Because the response uh, by some people was uh, was you know that's that's harsh and you know when he clarified and said it this way and then they sent over an article that he he talked to Relevant magazine and that actually article made it worse and I'm <laughs> like ah. it's always it's always interesting that people who have to clarify themselves end up making it worse. Look, and this this goes back to that Second Timothy verse, right? Don't wrangle about words, but but study and, and, and be one to show yourself a workman approved, accurately handling the word of truth. Look, and, and Nick said this on one of our podcasts. Scripture has one interpretation. Drew, you said that today. Mm-hmm. There are times that my interpretation of that interpretation is fallible. And it is mm-hmm. wrong. Um, and, and thank God for his grace in those moments. Um, so, but. But 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 th- th- this is where th- this is where it's extremely extremely important to know what you're going to talk about before before you say anything and and if you're going to if you're going to go down that road and you know you're involved in the cage stage you need to quadruple check yourself have someone yeah. you know that is not in the cage stage if you want to post something great okay you've decided that you want to post it send it to somebody you know and trust and say hey. Mm. Is this is this going to edify someone, or is this just going to hack a lot of people off? Yeah. You know, it, does this poke holes in arguments, or 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 is this a true concern that needs to be brought up? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. and 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 you guys can can fill out, you know, can fill in your own questions there. So, but yeah. but you just you just got to be careful. Now just just to clarify, um, we're not saying don't call out false teachers. Absolutely. Because because we are told we are to call Titus out false 1-9. teachers. Titus 1-9. But it's, but it, and there are times where it needs to be done forcefully. Publicly. But, and publicly. But your initial calling, right? Because there were many people who went to, we'll just use Andy as, a, as an example, uh, who went to him and called him from that and they did it graciously oh, yeah. and lovingly right but what did he do he doubled down he doubled down and then and then he started doing podcasts with with people attacking attacking reformed theology and calvinism yeah yeah so at, you know at that point then you got to say uh, okay well now we need to respond to this but it, it yes call out false teachers but one know your motive What's your motive and intention in doing it? And then how you do it is important. I have a question. Okay. So I, I just I just mentioned that verse in Titus, right? Titus mm-hmm. 1. Titus 1, 9. Okay, I'm just going to read the verse by itself. Okay? And then I'm going to go back and read it in context. And then I'm going to ask my question. Okay. Because I'm long-winded like that. Holding fast to the fa- the faithful word which is in accordance with the teaching so that he will be able to both exhort and sound doctrine and refute those who contradict. Okay. 
So mm-hmm. that by itself, that by itself is like, that's right. I need mm-hmm. to, I need to be able to refute doctrine and hold fast and, uh, and, and, and these people, when you, you skip down to verse 11, we can keep going. Okay. Actually, let's do, let's do 10 and 11. For there are many rebellious men, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, who must be silenced because they are upsetting whole families, teaching things they should not uh, teach them for the sake of sordid gain. Okay. So you read that and you're like, as a believer, and you go, that's right. That's my job. That's my responsibility. That's, that's, that's written to me, man. Mm-hmm. Who is Paul writing this letter to? Elders in church. So whose job is it to call out false teaching? Elders in church. That's my question. Although, There's yeah, my question. Uh, so, yeah. So when we looking at Titus, obviously first Timothy, second Timothy and Titus are the pastoral epistles. Um, so they're, they're written in order for you to know uh, how church functions uh, the roles of, of pastors, the role of deacons, the role of elders. Um, so when he gets here into writing this letter into Titus, he's giving the qualifications for an elder. Uh, so now he's saying an elder must be able to do this, right? But there's also things that he lists in here that are qualifications for an elder as well, right? He must be, uh, what, a man of one wife, right? Well, does that mean everyone else can have multiple wives? No, it, it still qualifies for, for everyone else as well. So this is just, uh, basically, this is how a believer is to live. But if a person is to aspire to an elder, or if the church is to appoint a person of an elder, he must hold these That's right, that's right. And the reason I asked that question is is because uh, th- there have been people in my past uh, years ago uh, when uh, w- when when I I, I mean th- there were things I was seeing uh, and, um, and and I started asking questions. There were people who came to me and said, "Well, you're not an elder or a pastor, uh, so you, you're you're not allowed to do this." Well, let's go to First Peter. Let's go to to the Gospels. Let's go to Paul. Let's use Scripture to interpret Scripture, shall we? There we go. Uh, But I mean, if you notice, uh, also too, speaking directly to the cage stage, uh, and and as we're doing here, notice those qualifications for elders. And the reason that the qualifications for elders in the pastoral epistles are there is because yes, this is what leadership in the church is supposed to look like, um, but you can also say that these, these these are what all believers should aspire to. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, not quick-tempered, not not mm-hmm. self-willed, not right. addicted to wine, not pugnacious, not fond of sordid gain, but hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, just, devout, self-controlled, mm-hmm. self-controlled. Um, so, yes. so the reason I wanted to, to, to broach that question is because that may be something that you, those of you who are in the cage stage and who know you're in the cage stage and you're trying to get out of the cage stage and you've had people say that to you that, Hey, that you're not supposed to be doing this. Um, well, the way you're doing it might be wrong, but yeah, you, you yeah. are, you are supposed to be sober minded, diligent and unleashing the lion of God's word as Charles Spurgeon said. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's uh, how you're doing it may be wrong. How you're doing it may be sinful. Yeah. Uh, and that is a that is definitely a heart issue, and you need to check that. So now, those of you who are in the cage stage that know you're in the cage stage, that is not an excuse to remain in the cage that's stage. That's right. Once you realize and it's been brought to your attention that you are in the cage stage, now it's time to begin to move out of that season. Meaning you must surround yourself with people that can help you grow in grace, that can help you grow in communicating with other people. Because uh, 
if you're just in the cage stage and and you find joy in just uh, tearing people's arguments apart, or you just think that Calvinism is all about the doctrines of grace and the five solas, uh, then I would submit to you that you know not the doctrines of grace and you know not grace. And I would even venture to say you may not know Christ. And so the cage stage is not an excuse to remain in there and, and rip people's ears off. Okay. Now you must begin the transition of moving out, growing closer to Christ. Um, Cause as you become more like Christ, that grace and that mercy and that compassion for others is going to begin to move through you and, and other people will be able to to see your heart when you communicate with them. They're going to know, okay, I understand you're calling me out right now. And you know what? I know you're doing it from a place of love, not from a place of just wanting to be right. You actually believe what the Bible says, and you want me to believe what the Bible says. And you're holding firm to scripture. You're not just giving your opinion, but you're coming from a place of compassion for my soul, Mm, not just to win this argument. Well, that, that reminds me of 1 Corinthians 13. Mm-hmm. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me. Here's that word again, nothing. So what Paul's talking about, I mean, he's speaking to the Corinthian church here. The Corinthian church desired these these eccentric spiritual gifts um, so that they would tout their own egos. And he basically, in those first four verses, first three verses, says if I have all of them but don't have love, I'm nothing. I'm absolutely nothing. Zero, zilch, nada. Uh, the, the goal isn't to show how much we know. The goal is to show how great his mercy and compassion is, how powerful his work, that dynamite work of the gospel in our lives, um, that is what is to be shown. He is what is to be shown. And we are to be conformed into his image, not our image of how much we know about him, but into his image showing him. So um, that is something that is just unbelievably powerful to remember and will sanctify us and humble us. Uh, when when we when we hold on to that, and and I've said this before, and I, it's actually in our intro. Being reformed is more than just knowing tulip. Being reformed is more than just affirming and teaching your kids the five solas and the catechisms, which all of that is important and crucial. Not taking anything away from that, but being reformed is as God holds on to us and never lets go. We hold on right back uh, as tight as we can to be transformed by him into the image of Christ. That's right. That's right. That's good. So now let's move into this portion. Calvinism, Reformed theology, is more than just predestination and election. Amen. It is... A lot more. And in fact, uh, in Calvin's Institutes, so Calvin, for those of you who don't know, who are Calvinists and don't know anything about Calvin, um, Calvin was a stickler for order. He liked things to be in a proper order. Um, that's why it took him so long to do to get his Institutes right, because uh, everything he would write, he'd have to find the proper order and place to put it in. So really, the the name Calvinism has nothing to do really with uh, uh, about Calvin himself. It's just he's the one that kind of systematized it, put it in an order. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of named after him. 
but but in his institutes he he put this in an order and predestination and election does not come at the front of the institutes no. to y'all's surprise it actually comes after the longest chapter in the institutes which is on prayer if that tells you anything all right that that would mean that calvin was a stickler for prayer if that is the longest chapter in his institutes i think that saying before we do anything we need to be prayerful amen prayerful before we address anyone we need to be prayerful before we decide we want to um bash someone and cut their theology down and, and address people, we probably need to pray about it because by the time we're done praying about it, one, the moment's already gone. And so, so you're just going to look foolish if you go back to it. Right. Right. But, but, but two, you're going to be softened in the heart and you're going to come to the understanding that you don't need to actually do that. That's right. So, uh, <clears throat> That that's one of my big sticklers is that Calvinism's not just predestination and election. Mm. No, goodness, no. Not, I mean, when you look at tulip, mm-hmm. well, I mean, and and tulip was a response to Arminianism. Uh, right. I, but but look look at the look, look at look at the first letter. Mm-hmm. Total depravity, absolute inability. Mm-hmm. We need to remember that about ourselves. Yeah. I, I mean, how humbling is that? That that, uh, that 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 always gets me. I always always go right yeah. right right there. Um, whenever this conversation yeah. comes up. Now, to your point, you know, D.L. Moody said this. He said, I, "I I should always go to God about men before taking God to men." So before you have a conversation, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm I'm butchering that quote. Sure, yeah, I'm sorry um, uh, for all of you DL Moody I mean, fans I out there. That's, I, I mean, I think that I think that's kind of it's, it. it's close. It's yeah. close. Uh, but are are we doing that? Do you if you see something you disagree with, or someone says something you disagree with, whether it can be it can be as quick as this. Um, well, Jesus did what he did is is not as God, but as a man. And you're having a conversation with that person before you respond quick to listen, slow to Mm -hmm. speak. Mm -hmm. James said that for a reason. Mm -hmm. James is the brother of Jesus. How frustrating could that have been at times? Mm -hmm. Pray. Ask Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit how to respond to that, to Mm -hmm. impact, to give you the words based on hopefully what you've been studying in scripture and how to respond to that. Mm -hmm. Now, if I hear that, um, obviously, I know where that quote comes from, but it may not the the person saying it may not understand what that person means. Right. Correct. So what so what I would do is I'd go to that person and I would say, what do you mean by that? Right. Right. Because they their understanding of it might actually come to an orthodox understanding. Correct. But they don't realize that the origin of that saying is actually heresy. Correct. So that's where the communication aspect comes in. You have to find out what they mean when they say certain things, because they they may not know where that even comes from. They heard it and they go, you know what? I saw this in the scripture right here. And that sounds, that sounds right. Yeah. He's using the Bible and, and that that's what the text says, you know, something to that effect. And, but their understanding it, it, it it's ignorance. Right. Yeah. Not not to bash someone, but it's in it's it's in a, a non understanding of what is going. Ignorance on. is not a bad word. If you call somebody That's ignorant, right. it's not you're, you're calling him stupid or a moron or foolish. It's ignorant means you just don't know. Right. You know, I'm I'm ignorant in how to uh, replace a dishwasher in a house if it breaks. <laughs> I have no idea. I I am an ignoramus when it comes to that. I have no clue how to do that. Um. So, so that, that that's not necessarily a negative thing, but you're absolutely right. It could be a ignorance issue. It could be a maturity issue. Yeah. Um, but that's where going back to apologetics and Vody Bacham talking about apologetics, he says that it's got to be clear and simple. Yeah. A uh, biblical is the third point, but yeah. number two is 
conversational. Yes. It isn't just that you blast someone. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's conversational. But That's right. that, that speaks to a, 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 deeper, a deeper issue. And, man, if you're in the cage stage, dare I say praise the Lord? And the reason I say that is because hopefully the reason that you're in the cage stage is because you are just so excited and so on fire for God that you just can't stand it. Mm-hmm. But there's sure. Yeah. The, the, so for the true believers who possess faith in Christ, who are involved in the cage stage, maybe that's the best way to say it. Okay. Um, yeah. Praise the Lord that you're that on fire. Okay. Mm-hmm. But pray for the wisdom discernment and get people around you who can help you and walk with you through that process. That's why now that brings us to a, to a completely different topic, but um, I do think that's why discipleship within the church is important. Absolutely. That's why it's needed because when people One of the many come reasons, to, yeah. yeah, because when people come to, to, to faith, um, and especially to an understanding of reformed theology, um, you need that discipleship. You need that person who's been where you are that can slap you in the face and say, stop it. <laughs> you know, basically, you know, I mean, that's really what, what they need to do is they need to tell you to stop it. You know, and, and in, in my circumstance, I didn't have someone to wrangle me by the collar and just jerk me back and say, stop being a jerk. Okay. Uh, I kind of had to learn that through my own trial and error of losing friendships and having to gain them back and losing and having to get, and and that takes a toll on you. And and it's something that could completely be avoided. Um, but that's why discipleship is so important. Um, men find someone who is older and more mature than you, who has been through that, that can help lead and guide you, uh, in those things. And the same with women, find older women, uh, or if you're married, find older couples, uh, mm-hmm. y- you know, that way, because, because there's things that, that even, you know, if married couples are out and some, or they go to a conference or something and they hear something kind of weird, you know, they might, that they, they might together, you know, rise up and mutiny or something, you know, but, you know, have married couples as well that you can lean on that, that, that can wrangle you back in. Well, and going back to a point that you said earlier, I, I, Dustin Binge, which you, you you follow Dustin on, on Twitter? Do I? I think I do. So Dustin Binge said this in a tweet. He said, uh, theological debates are necessary. Sin mm-hmm. is the reason that, reason that theological controversies turn toxic. And he said, let us make out make our aim to be this, Hebrews twelve fourteen to strive for peace with everyone. Yes. That's good. But I uh, like just it. like what you said too. Uh discipleship is important. That's mm-hmm. one of the many yeah. reasons that isn't that it's that it's needed. Yeah. And uh I would also one I would suggest the the very first book that we gave away, uh maturity. Yeah. Uh cuz it's going to help people mature in or mature, the right way to say That's it. right. Uh I said in Christ. I go back and forth depending on how smart I want to say, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it's going to help you grow closer to Christ because it's going to direct you back to the scriptures and uh, how a Christian is to live their life. So I would recommend that book, but I would also recommend maybe if you're in the cage stage, you know it, maybe you need to take a break from social mm. media because that's put your phone I mean, down. Going, yeah, put put your phone down and pick up your Bible. You know, um, th- that is nowadays that is one of the the biggest sparks of cage stagers is something that they see on social media because we're always on it. Put the phone down. Turn the computer off. Pick just pick up your Bible. Get alone with God and just just soak in His Word because that's what's going to change you. That's what's going to the the that grace that understanding of grace is what's going to come up through you, and you're going to want to display that grace and 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 relay that grace to other people. Amen. Amen, man. Awesome. I think this was a good episode on the cage stage. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did too. Sorry if it was a little discombobulated at times. 
there's just there's a lot you could say about it yeah there is there is a lot that you could say but no i think but one of my worries was that we were going to get on here and we were going to be cage staging about cage stagers (laughs) (laughs) uh so a couple of uh just i I guess uh, just leave you with with a couple of practical things that you guys can check out uh the book mature maturity maturity Mm -hmm. Uh, Drew, what was the book that you got? Uh, it's a little, it's a little pamphlet. It's called the practical implications of Calvinism. Right. I mean, this thing is, you can read it in like 30 minutes. It's only, it's little, it's like 22 pages. Gotcha. Uh, Tim Challey's post about the, 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 the seven, the seven aspects of the cage stage, uh, desiring God has, uh, has an awesome article called the doctrines of graciousness. Five more points for young Calvinists, uh, which uh, which is absolutely awesome uh, to read through. So, um, and I'm going to throw in there a book I just got, just started reading by Kevin DeYoung called "Grace Defined and Defended." Amen. Great book. So, and hey, reach out to us if you're struggling with this. Um, and you'd like, Hey, I don't know if I have anybody that could be like, Hey, can you help me with this to get me, help me get out of the, get out of the cage, man? Yeah, man. We'll call you a jerk all day yeah, long. We'll, 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 <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll help you. We'll slap you in the face a couple times. That's right. No, but definitely we would love for you to reach out. Y'all know our socials. Yep. I mean, and go to iTunes, give us a five star rating, leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you guys, but that's going to do it for this episode of Matter of Theology, and we'll catch you on the next one. God's grace. Good day.